Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to Jesus. This afternoon, shall we stand to our feet one minute and just lift up your hand and thank him and bless him. Eternal Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Thank you for this morning. We ask that you bless your word and let your power be strong upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, are you happy today? Wonderful. Um, normally when I ask people, are you happy? My wife says, what about if they tell you they are not happy? And I don't know what answer to give. But maybe one suggestion I'll give is if you are not happy, just look for somebody and hit them. But um, we are glad to be here today. Choir, thank you very much. That is one group I want to take back to Ghana with me anytime I come here. Just, just carry them along. But we, we thank God for their lives, for their discipline. It's not easy to sing. Especially in a church where the people who don't sing know when you are not singing well. Amen. But um, we bless God for today. Um, I was with Pastor Agu in Manchester. And um, we had a nice time there. And I'm glad to be here today. Thank God for the life of Dr. Shola Adiaga and um, his wife. And um, it's good to see Bishop Bajo and Chizo again. I, I, I was telling him, I said his name, Reverend doesn't look nice with the name. Pastor doesn't look nice with the name, but I think Bishop. Bishop Bajo. Wow. Or maybe Archbishop. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't hear of bishops in redeemed, but <laughs> maybe he will be redeemed to be a bishop. But um, we, we praise God. In the morning, I said, uh, but we know we are coming back here at 6 p.m. for an impartation and anointing service. Um, we are coming back at 6 p.m. And I'm hoping and trusting God to lay hands on as many people as possible. Um, one of the serious aspects of the ministry and the grace God has put on my life is to lay hands on people. I, when I do service and I don't lay hands on people, I don't feel finished. But um, in the morning, I didn't lay hands on anybody. This afternoon, I will not because I know that in the night, we'll come back for that. And there are times you move from your house, maybe at Edgeware, and you drive all the way to the West End just to receive one injection and go back. So today, if you have to drive two hours just to come and we lay hands on you for 30 seconds or one second and you go back home, it's just like somebody driving from Edgeware to the West End, one injection, and you go home. And yet... Sometimes that injection can take you the next five months. So I'm praying that just a flash of laying hands on you today can take you the next of the 10 months in the year. That is what an impartation and an anointing is all about. But in the morning, I started speaking on what I call the spirit. Everybody say the spirit. And um, it was towards the end of last year, God started putting a burden on my heart about the spirit, the, the fact that the church must go back to life in the spirit. Because um, 
there are many kinds of life people are living. And, uh, and predominantly, people live a life that is at the soulish realm. And if you are not careful, you look at them, you copy what they are doing. You, you look at the way people are living, the, where they put their emphasis, um, the way they try to get the things they think they need. And um, if you are not careful, you just follow them. But Jesus, in his lifetime, spoke a certain word, which is found in John chapter 6, verse 63. And I've been preaching this one verse since the end of last year, around December 20, the 20th of December. I started preaching it, and up till now, it's just the one verse I preach. I'll preach it until I'm tired of it, and until people are also fed up, then I stop. John 6, 63. John 6, 6, 3. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, this verse of scripture is very big. As I speak to you now, I'm writing a book on that verse. And I'm on, I think, page 140 or so. So it's, it's, it's a big scripture. But it tells us a lot of things. And one of the things it says there is, it is the spirit that quickeneth. Everybody say, the quickening spirit. Come on, say that again, the quickening spirit. Now Jesus is looking at people who had come to him and they were hungry. Everybody say hungry. And the hunger was at the physical level, but they didn't even know they were spiritually hungry. There are many people now who think they need clothes, but they don't know they are spiritually naked and they need spiritual clothing. There are people who think they are physically hungry, but they don't know the spiritual hunger they have or spiritual starvation is worse than the physical hunger they are feeling. There are people who don't understand that they are spiritually empty and they need to be filled. Now, a group of people met Jesus, nearly 15,000 of them, multitude, and he took five loaves of bread and two fishes and fed them. And after that, they began to run after him in numbers, multitudes, and one day he just turned to them and said, it is the spirit that quickened. The flesh profiteth nothing. And he gave them one admonition. He said, do not labor for the bread that perishes, but labor for the things that don't perish. Because it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, to this, this afternoon, I want to, in the, in the night, I will try to talk more about it is the spirit that quickeneth. But this afternoon, my assignment is just to identify the quickening spirit. Who is the quickening spirit? When the Bible says it is the spirit that quickens, it means that the, the, the spirit, the prerogative of the spirit is to quicken. The main activity of the Holy Ghost is to quicken. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. He's contrasting life in the flesh with life in the spirit. 
And immediately I begin to think about Adam. That Jesus is comparing the kind of life Adam lived and the kind of life he had come to teach people to live. Adam, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. And the second man is the Lord from heaven. So Adam, as we know in the Bible from Genesis, is the first Adam. And he was made a living soul. That means Adam was made and designed to live within the domain of the power of his soul. But Jesus is called the last Adam, whereas the Adam we know is called the first Adam because the first Adam came and produced a certain kind of people, but this last Adam, that is Jesus, came to produce another kind of people. And most of us here don't understand that God has not made us to become and to walk about in Adamic capacity, but to walk in the capacity of Christ himself. So when Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickened, what he was telling them is that if you want to live like your ancestor Adam, who lived just for the food he could eat, you will fall like Adam. And that is why in the temptation, when the devil came to tempt Jesus, the first one he told him was, command the stone to become bread. Because the devil knew that in the garden of Eden, the thing that caused the problem was what man would eat. The fruit. And this time it was bread. Command stone to become bread. And Jesus is now teaching them and saying, you know what? If you want to live at the soulish level, like Adam lived, you will die. But if you live at the spirit level, you should understand that it is the spirit that quickens. As for this thing called the flesh, it profited nothing. And, 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 at, and the book of Paul is saying in the book of 1 Corinthians that Jesus is the quickening spirit. The first Adam lived based on the power of his soul in his emotions, his will, and intellect. That is the level at which Adam lived. And for many of us, though we are born again, that is the level at which we live. In fact, most of us, if our intellect is frozen, our emotions are frozen, and our will is frozen. We have no life. But a man who is in Christ is not supposed to live at the level of the soul. That means you are, we are supposed to live at the level of our spirit. Many of us can't even tell where our spirit is. We, we are so soulish. And the only thing that can bring the difference and divide between the soul and the spirit is the word of God. That the more you hear the word of God, the more you sense within you that there is a difference between your soul and your spirit. And when you begin to walk in the Holy Ghost and the power of the spirit, you will get to a place in time when you will experience that difference between the soul and the spirit. 
apart from knowing it by the word of God, experientially, if you walk deep enough in the spirit and you, you walk with God and you concentrate on him and you live with him and you follow the spirit, you will come to the place in life when you know that your soulish life is different from your spirit life. I remember there was a day I was doing ministration in Bogatanga in our church in Ghana. And at a certain point, it was like I was standing somewhere and I was looking at myself. I saw myself seeing myself. I was laying hands on people. I was in the spirit. I was ministering, laying hands on people. And as I was ministering, I saw myself standing and I was watching myself. They call it out of the body experience. My spirit literally was operating at a different level from my body. When we left the service, I told myself, as I told my wife, I said, this is the scariest day of my life. She said, why? I said, you know what? I saw my spirit was watching my body. But thank God it lasted just a short time and I was back together. Because I tell you, it's not, a, it's not an experience you like. It was scary. I mean, it, it was like maybe you are in a plane and then they remove you from the aeroplane and then they throw you into the clouds. That is the way it looked. But I tell you people, the spirit of a man is a very living and real personality. And when Jesus said it is the spirit that quickens, and you should understand that your soul cannot walk with the spirit of God at a certain level. Because the soul is not meant to go with the spirit like that. It is your spirit man that is intended to follow the spirit of God at a certain level. And I just pray that today God will quicken your spirit. So Jesus is saying, it is the spirit that quickens. What does the spirit quicken? The spirit quickens your spirit. The spirit of God brings life to your spirit. So that your spirit will become alive unto God. And Jesus is trying to bring his people to the place where they will begin to understand the way he was functioning. He said, it is the spirit of quickens. I'm sure they were wondering. We are here. Um, there is a shortage of food. People are hungry. All of a sudden, we see you multiply bread. How did you do it? How did you multiply the bread? And he said, it is the spirit that quickens. And Paul said, Jesus himself is the quickening spirit. But when you read those words, it is the spirit. You will now start wondering, um, if the Bible says it is the spirit, then the spirit must be the Holy Ghost. Uh, it, it didn't say it is the Holy Ghost that quickens. It said it is the spirit. And when the Bible says it is the spirit, the Holy Ghost is implied. That is one. But before you even get to the Holy Ghost being the spirit, let's start with God himself. Because God is a spirit. So it is God who quickens the the, the, he's the one who quickens the dead. So God is that spirit Jesus is talking about. Apart from God the Father being that spirit Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about himself because he himself is the quickening spirit. And then he's also talking about the word of God because the word of God is spirit. And then he's talking about the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is spirit. So we are dealing with God the Father. We are dealing with God the Son. We are dealing with God the Holy Ghost. And we are dealing with the word of God. And these are all spirit. So if you want to be quickened, you must have to engage God the Father. Engage God the Son. Engage God the Holy Ghost. And you must walk in the word. 
Now, to be able to walk in the spirit, you yourself should now also understand that you cannot remain at your soul level. You must also operate at the spirit level. That means your spirit must come back to the place where it is supposed to function. Too many Christians are functioning at the mental level, the emotional level, the intellectual level. They don't have a life beyond that. And there may be quite a few of you, as I'm speaking about all this spirit and soul, you are just wondering, what is he talking about? Because I'm with, I, I mean, all I know is that I'm alive. I'm just sitting here. When I look at me, I don't feel anything. Life in the spirit is not about feeling. It's revelation and knowledge. Where you know that you are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body. This is something we've all been taught theologically, and we know it, but we are living the defeated life because we have not allowed the spirit man to take his place. We do only the things we feel, not the things the spirit man must do. And the Holy Ghost is active, he's alive, he's working in our lives, and then he quickens situations in our lives. Things happen sometimes that bring discouragement and the Holy Ghost comes in to quicken. He just comes in to bring life. Jesus confronted two situations and I'm sure those situations informed that verse. It is the spirit that quickens. Number one situation was that they were in a wilderness and like I said, um, they have to feed all these people. They have just five loaves of bread and two fishes and then they, they, they don't know what to do with it. And then Jesus picks up the five loaves of bread and two fishes. And all of a sudden, they start multiplying in his hands. And he's telling the people, you know what? If you live at the spirit level, if you stop depending on your mind, you stop depending on your will, you stop depending on your emotions, and you connect with the spirit, five loaves of bread can multiply in your hands, and two fishes can multiply. Right now, if somebody tells you, um, give an offering immediately you start thinking about the money that is leaving your account that is at your soul level your mind is working your emotions are working your intellect is working your your soul is active because the soul is always thinking about how to keep something but the spirit is always thinking about how to release it because i tell you people if they put five loaves of bread in your hands and give you two fishes and tell you to feed even the people in this room you will panic but if you operate at the spirit level, Jesus knew that with the five loaves of bread and two fishes, the spirit will quicken something. And it is my prayer today that as I speak on the quickening spirit, that the Holy Ghost will come alive in your situation. Because when we talk about the quickening spirit, the Holy Ghost quickens your mortal body. The Holy Ghost quickens your spirit. He makes you born again. And we all know that. But in a situation of shortage where you don't have enough, Jesus still said it is the spirit that quickens. The spirit brings life. The spirit brings about multiplication. Because when there is a situation of shortage, what the Holy Ghost does is that the Holy Ghost quickens the faith of somebody to begin to believe that God can multiply bread. So there is a situation, everybody is discouraged, they've given up. All of a sudden, one man is asking questions. Where shall we buy bread that these ones may eat? 
Whence shall we buy bread that these ones may eat? How are we going to get bread for these ones to eat? And Jesus asked, whence are we going to buy the bread? Because he knew that these people in the wilderness, the only thing they think about is money. And then somebody, Philip, answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not enough that every one of them may have a little. And then Andrew came and said, well, there is a little boy here. He has five loaves of bread and two fishes. But what is this among so, among so many people? Philip, Andrew, both of them, they are operating in the flesh. One is operating in the flesh by th- thinking that you only need money before you can feed all these people. And there are many of us in this building today who think that without money we cannot live. If I ask right now, how many of you need money to live? Everybody will lift, lift up your hand. But in the wilderness, Jesus had no money. And Philip said 200 penny worth of bread is not enough. That every one of them may have a little. But the Bible said that Andrew came and said there's a little boy here. And he has five loaves of bread and two fishes. Now people, what you need is a house, not money. So somebody's here, well, you need a house. And you're like, God must give me the money to get a house. I need a car. God must give me the money to get a car. I need a wife. God must give me the money. Even wives, we think we need money. Before we can buy one. Even husband, I need a husband, I need a money before I can have a wedding. I meet people, when are you having a wedding? Well, we are waiting for a financial breakthrough. You meet people, when are you going to have your children? Well, we are waiting for a financial breakthrough. When are you going to go to school? We are waiting for a financial breakthrough. So where is God? Money has become Mamona, a God in the lives of people. But Jesus walked about on earth and showed us that if you live in the supernatural and you are spiritual, Money now becomes secondary in your life. The man needs a donkey to ride into Jerusalem. And he didn't ask, where are we going to buy a donkey? He just said, there is a donkey tied on a certain part of the village. Go and untie the donkey and bring it. Listen, you don't need money to buy a car. After the service, go to the car parking lot. Any car you see and you want it, untie it and start going home. If the owner asks you, why, why are you taking this car? Tell them the master has need of it. Now listen to me. I know you are laughing right now, but there are testimonies of people who have lived their lives like this with massive breakthroughs. I know people who have stepped into bank and they just said, you know what, manager, I don't have any money, but I think I need a, I don't have a savings account here, but I need a loan to go and do a business. And they say, but you have no account here. And they say, God sent me. You know what? And people get scared of human beings like that. Because you really don't know something sent him. Is it really God who sent him? And I'm not saying walk about in presumption. But may you begin to hear from God. I said, may you begin to hear from God. Because sometimes, even when we have a need, we ask the wrong people. Because we are not praying. But if you pray, you will ask the right people. I have had serious challenges in life sometimes. I need a particular thing. And for some time, I don't have the money for it. I don't know how I'm going to get it. One morning, I just get up in the morning and I tell my wife, I'm going to call so and so. And when I call the person, he just says, Pastor, the thing is there for you. From today, everybody lift up your hands. May money cease being your God. May you not see money as something you must go through before you get your breakthrough. 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen, money is not the way. They normally call money the medium of exchange. It is not. That is a lie. Money is not the medium of exchange. Faith is the medium of exchange. If you are faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be thou removed. Listen, may you begin to, ah, I like this one. Come to me and buy without money. And let he that is thirsty come to me and drink. You know what? You can buy without money. You can be clothed without money. You can marry without money. You can school without money. You can have a house without money. You can build a house without money. You can have a ministry without money. Even ministry. Sometimes they tell us without money you can't have a ministry. May God begin to make you successful. Make you fruitful. Make you fulfilled in life. Without even the agency of money. Jesus needed a house for the last supper. He didn't pay rent. He just told his disciples, go. You will see a man fetching water. Now he's operating supernaturally because how did he know they would see a man? Supernatural. God showed him the picture. A man is fetching water. He's going into a certain house. That is the house you need for the last supper. He just told the disciples, go and lay ambush. Watch a man stalk him. No newspapers will cover it. And no court will charge you. Just, just follow him. And they started following the man. The man entered the house. As soon as he opened the gate, they followed. He said, what are you doing? They said, well, whatever you are doing here, that's why we are here. We are also here for the same purpose. They went to the master. They said, our master told us he must hold his last supper here. And he needs this house. Immediately, it was granted. He did many things without money. Why? He listened to the spirit. He followed the spirit. And you know what, people? That is the new culture that is coming into your spirit today. Your faith is going to go up there. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? This month, you are going to walk into places and conquer and live victoriously. Because the bondage of having to have money before you do something. Listen, some of you even need money before you can feel good about yourself. When the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things. Listen, the world has so bamboozled that with money that so many of us who don't have the money, we look down on ourselves. Look at many people. I won't call them poor people. I, because if you are, you are spiritually rich, you are not poor. So I won't call them poor people. I call them people who have no money. I was, I was looking at something on TV yesterday and I said, a time is coming. You will find it difficult to see a paper currency or coin on earth. Everything will be in card, chips, pins, and if you want, add needles. All you need is to know a certain pin in your head. 7626. 7521. And if you forget that thing, you can't eat. They will, they will take your money and tell you that you have messed up your pin. Or your needle or your thread. But I tell you, a time is coming. And you know what, people? These electronics are telling us that just as you can go to town with just a credit card and come back with everything you need without physical money, a time is coming. You will go to town with just your faith. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, I remember there was a day I was at Heathrow Airport, and I, I, it just occurred to me I should buy some fragrances for some people. So I was walking about in the duty-free, and I said, I like that, I like that, I like this. I gathered them, and while I was gathering them, my heart was pounding because I'm like, oh, man, my money's finished. And whenever you are going to Africa, you are thinking about if you go and convert the currency, how much it will give you in Africa. So I just gathered all these fragrances to go and give people, and I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm dead. I went and stood at the counter. I was bringing out my, my card to pay. I don't know where this gentleman came from. He just pushed me aside. And he told me, um, Pastor, this is my breakthrough. I just saw you and I was following you quietly and waiting for you to gather everything you wanted. I'm paying for this. He just put his card down. He paid for it. And I gathered it gladly. But you see, I got my fragrances without money. Because at that point, God decided to do something. I'm praying that today your faith will go up. May you own a house without money. Own a car without money. Have your education without money. Have your papers to stay in England without money. You don't have to pay a connection man to travel. Pay a connection man to stay in a country. Listen, may you receive the liberty of the spirit, the liberty of Christ. And may money not bring you under bondage. He said it is the spirit that quickens the flesh and human ability. It profits nothing. I remember the, 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 the chairman of our church decided that they were going to put up a, a, a church. They were going to put up a church building in my village. In the honor of my late father. The whole church decided to do that. All our church, founding a chapel. And the chairman and others, they were making contributions. They were thinking about what to do and everything. One day, one gentleman just approached me. He said, um, Daddy, the Lord has laid something on my heart. I said, why? He said, well, the church they want to build in your village, I alone, I'm building it from the foundation to finish. And he said, I don't want help from anybody because when I get to heaven, I want to receive that reward alone. <laughs> so I called the chairman and I said, keep your money. I called the chairman of our church. I said, keep your money. We don't need it. One person has been mandated by God to do that thing. Listen, I pray for supernatural intervention in your life. I, I, I pray for, listen, we are worrying about too many things. So Jesus is standing there and telling them, you are worrying too much about many things. I multiplied bread for you in the desert. Now I have crossed over and I have come to the land of the gatherings, which is the garden of the rich or the garden of the prince. I have crossed over to this side. You have followed me because you still want bread to eat. But the bread which your fathers received in the wilderness, when they ate it, they were hungry. The one you ate at the wilderness, if you eat it, you'll be hungry. But I am the bread of life from heaven. Whosoever eats this bread will never hunger. And he told them, he said, you know what? It is the spirit that quickens. He said, you see me live some life of superiority. A life of invisibility. I take five loaves of bread in my hands and they multiply. Why? It's the spirit. Now you can come and look at this church. And you can go and ask Pastor Agu. How do I build this kind of church? And somebody may give you principles. Principle number one, principle number two, 10, 23 steps, 22 keys, 73 keys, small keys and big keys. 22 steps to church growth. But if you ask Pastor Agu, he will tell you, I don't know. 
And anytime people tell you, I don't know, it means it is the spirit. The flesh profits nothing. I see a divine taking over. I, I, I just feel in my spirit today. I, listen, I just feel in my spirit today that the Holy Ghost will help you. I just feel that by the time we finish the service tonight, the Holy Ghost will carry you out. Listen, I just feel tonight that by the time we finish tonight, somebody will be swimming in the deluge of the Spirit. The, the Holy Ghost will be doing something unique and extraordinary in your life. Here is a case of shortage. Everybody's panicking and there's one person who is living above it. And they're like, how do you see situations like this? You don't panic. He said, it is the Spirit that quickens. I am the quickening spirit. And I am one with the Holy Ghost who is also quickening spirit. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak are also quickening spirit. And he said, you, you know what? Even you yourself can be a quickening spirit. If you live at the spirit level, when you go among people who are living at the soulish level, they will all be discouraged. But when you enter with your personality, Hooked with the power of the Holy Ghost, you will be a quickening spirit. Look at that. The man is walking in situations, shortage. He's a quickening spirit. One day the disciples were on a boat and they were crossing to the other side of the sea. From the desert to the land of the Gadarenes, they were in the boat. All of a sudden, they see somebody and the man is walking on water. Huh? The law of flotation. Archimedes principle, all of them are displaced. Listen, when you walk in the spirit, physical laws don't hold you. You are above human law. From today, may you be above natural law. When you are in the spirit. You are so strong, you are so powerful. The man is walking on water. The disciples saw him. They were scared. The Bible said they began to cry out. They said it is a ghost. After today, you'll be so spiritual. You will walk on water. People, people look at you and they'll say you are a spirit. This is not a normal human being. Aim at a certain, at a certain level of spiritual life. I know many people have got ambitions. When you go to the gym every day, you see people jumping because they want to keep a certain shape. I always see them on the road. I ask my wife, why are they troubling themselves like this? Some are running, they are panting. You go to the gym, people are carrying weights. And I like the way Paul described it. Physical exercise, profit definitely. That means it's profitable, it's necessary. Don't say, oh, the preacher said we shouldn't do exercise. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But all I'm saying is look at the effort you, you take, you, you make. Put the same amount of effort into the spirit because the flesh profits nothing. You do exercises for two hours a day. How many exercises do you do in the spirit? Some of you, your body is stronger than your spirit. Look at your muscles. You look like a wrestler or bodybuilder. But your spirit is suffering from marasmus. Quash your core. You understand what I'm talking about? Some of our spirits are famished and lean. No exercise. We don't fast. We don't pray. We spend all the time on the body. Look at the hours you spent at the hairdressing saloon yesterday. Your face looks very beautiful. Your spirit is emaciated. 
The young men, look at the amount of time you spend polishing your shoe. But your spirit is so ugly. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus said the flesh, it profits nothing. It is the spirit that quickens. They looked at the man, they said, this is a ghost. This is a spirit. I see somebody so spiritually advanced after today that people will say you are in something. I remember one day I moved in the spirit in front of my father. At that time, my late father was not born again. I was only about 22 years old. I went to the village and I called my father and I told him, I said, you know what? There's some, I was 22 years old. I said, there's some kind of thing that is happening to you now. You're going to die like, like your father died. He said, ha! My mother should come here. This guy, this thing, he called me this thing. He said, this thing. You know, in Africa, when our fathers want to insult us, they call us a thing. This thing. This thing has come to insult him. And my mother said, what did I tell him? I said, oh, the, the thing that killed his father is trying to kill him. He said, how, how do I know all those things? I said, come. I want to show you where your father's father was buried around the house. So I took him to where his father's father was buried. And I showed him here. Then I said, I want to show you where they buried your father. And I showed him another spot. And he had never shown me before. So he asked me, how did I know this? I said, the Holy Ghost showed me in another town in a revelation and told me to come and warn you. My father called my mother and said, your son is in the occult. This guy says he goes to church now. It's not a church because church people don't know these things. This man, then he told my mother, he said, I have gone to, I've gone to initiate myself in some occult that is stronger than even the adults in the village. That is why I'm operating like this. But you know what, people, it's, it's the same thing like Jesus' disciples saying, it is a spirit. This man is a spirit, he's not normal. Listen, unbelievers have developed their spirits. Witches and wizards and witch doctors. There was a man in my village who was a witch doctor. You go to his house. Uh, the Western world, people, some of the things is here. But in Africa, the witchcraft and the magic is a serious one. This man in my village, you greet him at his gate. By the time you get to the compound inside, he's sitting there waiting for you. No, you greet him like this, you pass. And he's sitting there. You get to the compound and the man is saying, you are welcome. <laughs> a woman came to me she said my soul is in a pot with a certain fetish priest I said you've seen the pot before she said pastor I saw it when you go into the man's room the pot is suspended in the air without a rope attaching it to the ceiling the pot has broken the law of gravity by the spiritual, spiritual aerodynamics this pot, you know what? And here we are in the church believing that we have the superior Holy Spirit. We have become so soulish. But today, I'm praying, even if it's three people or five, people who feel overwhelmed by the flesh, overwhelmed by the realm of occult and magic and witchcraft, and they are saying, Today, I want to come back here at six. And I need a touch from God. Tonight, I may not preach long, man of God. Tonight, I will just believe God to stir us up. Lay hands on people for an impartation. Anoint people to confront two things. 
Number one, confront shortage. And number two, confront fear. That there is something called fear. People are panicking. There is a storm on people's lives. Something is shaking their boats and rocking their system. But I see you walking on the water. And Jesus is walking on the water. And then the people are panicking. And he tells them, fear not. I see you as a fear silencer. That after today, you are going to walk about in town. And your language is one. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And they'll be like, why is everybody panicking and you are so bold? Then you tell them, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Somebody lift up your hand and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Somebody lift up your hand and talk to God. To worship you, I live. Come on, lift up your hand and talk to God. Somebody come on, pray. Stand to your feet and talk to him. Come on, somebody, talk to him. All right, let's hold it there. Let's hold it there. I remember the words of Jude. But you, my beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Look at me. I don't know about you, but anytime I feel spiritually dry, I feel sad inside. A sadness I cannot explain. Then I feel a pain inside me as if I prayed the next prayer, I was going to fall down and collapse. Then when I attempt to pray, I feel heavy as if I'm a piece of lead. But anytime I'm in the spirit, and as for being in the spirit, I feel it all the time. Man of God, it comes to me like a switch of light. One minute, I can feel like normal. Two seconds, and I'm in another place altogether. Don't fear anything. Not discouraged by anything. And feel the power of God in me. That says everything is possible. I want somebody today who is saying, Lord, I want to move out of this soulish life. I want to live spiritually. Put your right hand on your belly. Lift up your left hand. Pray in tongues for three minutes. The choir will be singing the song. But what I want you to do is just pray in tongues. Don't follow them yet. I want you to put all the strength into that song. Come on, pray. I can't hear you. 
It is the spirit that quickens. It is the spirit that quickens. It is the spirit that quickens.
Lift up your hand. Thank you, Lord. Look at me one minute. Look at me one second. One second. Put your hands down. One second. Thank you, Jesus. I get very amused sometimes when I hear Christians say all they want is the word of God. They don't want any funny spiritual experiences. And sometimes they even say you are being spooky. And I'm like, but the thing you are calling the word, in the beginning it was not a word, it was an experience. So you are talking about the word and you are using the dividing of the Red Sea to preach the word. But in the beginning, the dividing of the Red Sea was not a word. It was an experience and an occurrence. So we have got the experiences of our fathers, which we are using to preach. But one day, what will our children use to preach? Now you are talking about Jesus walking on the water and you are saying you are teaching the word. But in the beginning, it was not a word. It was an experience and you are now using it to teach. Many of the things we preach in the beginning were not a teaching. They were somebody's experience. Abraham and Isaac, it was an experience. They are dedicating the temple and the place is filled with a cloud and it was like a smoke. And the priest could not stand to minister. It was an experience. Somebody acted funny and it became a preaching. You don't want to act funny. Or can you imagine if Pastor Agu and then Dr. Shola, Dr. Shola comes back and says, well, I was following Pastor Agu, and then all of a sudden, two of us were just walking about, and the, the, the man took his mantle and then slapped a river, and the river divided, and we walked, we, 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 went, we, went, we went through it. People are going to be like, ha, this is bizarre. Truth is, we are Christian unbelievers. That is the the mildest and most charitable way you can describe today's church. Christian unbelievers. Our faith was only enough to save us, but it is not enough for us to relive the Bible. Today I'm just praying. I feel so much anointing in this room. I feel so much of God. I feel that by 6 o'clock today, somebody will be experiencing a tangible thing. Listen, I believe that some of you, even on your way home, something will start happening to you this afternoon. Amen. I, 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 oh, look at what the Spirit of God is saying to me. Doc, tonight, it's not just going to be me that will be anointed in this building. And it's not going to be only the front row. People are going to come into this meeting tonight already anointed. The, the, the Lord is saying to me that as soon as you pick up your bag and pick up your Bible, and you are fresh up or not fresh up, or you were just walking around the shopping center here, as soon as you make up your mind, I am going back to that service, the moment you decide you are coming, an anointing will come upon you. Amen. The spirit will... Listen, some of you will shake into this building. Hallelujah. Some of you will come into this building tonight already crying. 
My wife is my witness. I've been, with, I've been ministering since 1987. I've never said this. I've never. So it's not like a magical mantra or some jargon I've learned. I've never. You see what's happening to you? That is the way many of them are going to come into the service today. They are going to come carrying an anointing. Some of you will come with your bodies vibrating all over the place. Some of you will come with your spirit man all of a sudden releasing itself from the clutches and the domination of your soul. Hallelujah. You are going to come here and when they are singing a song like to worship you are lived, to worship you are lived, you will not know where you are. Mm. The unbelievers talk about levitation. We don't levitate. But the Bible said that we are seated together in Christ Jesus in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. We don't levitate. In other words, our bodies don't lift up from the ground and get suspended in the air. But our spirit should have the higher experience of I am higher than this. This thing that is making everybody afraid, I'm higher than that. This thing that is making everybody discouraged, I'm higher than that. This thing that is making everybody feel sick, I'm higher than that. And today, that is the way you are going to feel. You are going to come here more anointed, superior than you've ever experienced. Lift up your hand for one minute. Just thank God. I don't want to keep you because the more I speak, the more I'm receiving some things and seeing certain things. And this service mustn't continue. If we were in the typical days of the revival of the old time, I'll just take permission from Pastor Dr. Shola and hold you here up to 7 a.m., 7 p.m. But if I do, they will call for my crucifixion. We will go and come back at 6. But somebody just thank God. Jesus. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. Oh, oh, oh. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you.
lift up your hand. Say this after me, Heavenly Father. Come on, say it, Heavenly Father. This afternoon, I lay aside the weight of the flesh. And I pursue the Spirit of God. For it is the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody give a big clap offering to Jesus. You may be seated. Somebody come on, lift up that hand and give a shout of victory to God and praise. Amen. 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 Wonderful. Wonderful.